Are you tired of the same old business advice? Welcome to the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's redefining entrepreneurial success one unscripted and candid conversation at a time. Get ready to soak up unfiltered stories of triumph, failure, and everything in between from trailblazers who are rewriting the rules of the game and building thriving businesses on their own terms. So if you're ready to level up your impact, income, and joy, all while staying true to your unique vision, you're in the right place. This is the Liberated CEO Experience. Hello, 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 fearless entrepreneurs and unapologetic go-getters. Welcome back to another sizzling episode of the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's all about breaking free from the ordinary and embracing your inner badass to create success on your own terms. I'm your host, Ty Goodwin, and today we're diving headfirst into a topic that's sure to fire you up create more impact by being unapologetically dope. In this unfiltered episode, Nikki Radley shares insights on how to own your authenticity, amplify your message, and confidently show up as the unapologetically dope CEO that you are. Say that five times fast. Nikki Radley is a former top sales and marketing executive and consultant who has worked with some of the biggest brands in the world and helped build startups from the ground floor. She has built a successful career shaped by structuring profitable offers, developing Developing marketing strategies and closing eight-figure deals with global brands. She is a sought-after business coach, brand strategist, and speaker and has been recognized for thought leadership by Accenture and as a finalist for the Rising Star Award by the National Association of Women Business Owners. Your go-to girl for branding and target marketing strategy, she helps her clients get clarity around brand and messaging so they can make more money doing what they love. So if you're ready to crank up the volume on your awesomeness and make some serious waves in the entrepreneurial world, then you won't want to miss a single second of this episode. Strap in, go get a mirror, and give yourself a sassy wink because it's time to unleash your unapologetic dopeness right here on the Liberated CEO Experience. All right, folks. So I am super, super excited. As always, you've already heard the amazing bio from my guest. So I get to hang out with Nikki Bradley and I'm really excited for this topic because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. First of all, the whole idea about being unapologetically dope is just like dope within itself. So I'm excited to talk and get her perspective on that. But we're also going to talk about what this means for the next generation. Like, what does it mean for our daughters when we show up and be unapologetically dope? Or as I like to say, we show up and we are our full brilliance. So um, that's the conversation that we have for you today. But I'm going to start off by um, getting some of the journey of um, my guest, Nikki. So tell us a little bit about your journey. And I'm curious, how did you get to be unapologetically dope? Well, I haven't always. (laughs) I think I've always known that Okay, I, without without sounding no, I'm not even going to start that way because this is exactly what we're talking about. I think I have always known that I was different. Mm-hmm. I've always known that I was meant to do something special. I meant like just I didn't always fit into a mold. I've always been like an overachiever, like a you know I was the straight A student. I was the like I went to school on a full ride. I went to Howard the Howard University. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
let's be clear. So did all of those things. And I got out of school. I got the, you know, the great job. I went to work at one of the top management consulting firms in the world, making great money, like making way more than most of my counterparts made coming out of school and went into branding, marketing, sales, all of those things. Worked in corporate America for a long time and I was building brands. I was selling large multi-million dollar contracts to Fortune 500 companies and the federal government, managed national sales teams, did all the things. I always had some type of a business on the side, but I knew that that wasn't what I was really supposed to be doing. Like deep down, I knew that like being in corporate was not what I was really supposed to do. And I got to a point where when I had my daughter... I was really trying to do way too much. So I was a new mom. I had my job. I was running the national sales team. The company that I was with launched a new company as well. And they asked me to not only run the national sales team for that, for the original company that I was with, but also to lead up sales for the new company and help to launch the new brand. Wow. So help with the branding and marketing for that. So I was basically doing like three jobs and I thought it would be a great idea to start a new business, uh, <laughs> not just one business, but I launched three. Wow. So one was a family business mm-hmm. and I had this new baby. So just doing all the things. Wow. And, um, my body and God was like, ma'am, I need you to have several seats. And so when I wouldn't do it on my own, he was like, okay, I'll do it for you. And I found myself in a hospital bed. Wow. Um, and so that gave me the wake up call that I needed to make some shifts. I ended up closing one of the businesses, took a reduced role with the family business. Mm -hmm. And I uh, changed the way that I do the business that I have now. I decided that instead of trying the business that that I had originally, that I have now, the way I was running it before was basically flying by the seat of my pants. Like we all do, (laughs) you know, taking on any client, like if it was something that I knew how to do, I was like, sure, I'll do it. But didn't really have direction, was just kind of following what I saw other people doing and trying to fit my square peg into a round hole. And instead of me just doing what I knew I was really called to do. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do it the way that fits me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do now. So I know that I'm really good at, but I didn't think people would pay me for what I do. Okay. Oh, it's it's not Mm -hmm. even a thing. (laughs) Like what I, what I'm good at is not Mm -hmm. even really a thing. Like I see big picture for people. Like I'm Mm -hmm. good at taking what's in people's head and like putting Mm -hmm. it out, like helping them to see it. And I was like, people don't pay you for that. (laughs) And And they do. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing, you know, your journey. I think a lot of us can relate. You know, I was one of those overachievers too. And I remember when I was, my daughter was born, I was a single mom at the time. And I said, oh, have a full-time job. I have a daughter. Why don't I just decide to go back to school and get a master's degree? Makes perfect sense, right? Let's just do Why it. Not? This is time, nothing of a time. Um, so I totally understand that mode. And I think a lot of us are just built that way where we're just, we don't know how to not go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the other thing that's interesting with that too, is that we, at some point we realize why we're such an asset to those corporate places that hire us, because a lot of people don't have that kind of work ethic and drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about unapologetically dope. Like, what does that mean? 
from your perspective. So I'm a 90s girl. You know, I I went to, I was in high school and college in the 90s. That's yeah. like, so telling my age a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that's like, that was, that was our word, right? And I still use yeah. it now. My daughter's like, really, mom, can you, can you find another word? I'm like, sorry, it's just, it describes everything. For me, being unapologetically dope is like really owning like your brilliance. Mm-hmm. It's owning like who you are, not asking for permission to show the heck up Mm -hmm. in everything that you, in all of the gifts and the glory that God has put on you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Those folks who have been following me for a while, you know that this whole thing is like right up my alley because that's exactly what we say. Own your brilliance and make it bankable. Working on a book called Permissionless. So it's right on a path um, of I want to see more of us do, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you said in the beginning that you hadn't always been unapologetically dope. So what was the trigger for you? Like, how do you get to that place where you were owning, like, you know, owning your specific brilliance and where you were not asking for permission from anybody? Yeah. I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. when I started my business, I've been doing live video for a long time mm-hmm. and I've kept up my early lives. Mm-hmm. One for me to remember from whence I've come, <laughs> but also so that people can see like, <laughs> Hey, it it's like what you see today is not always how it's been. Right. But in the early days of it, I did not notice this for a long time until my husband said something to me recently, but he was like, I used to go in the, to the other side of the house when you would go live. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? He said, I could not stand it. He said, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. I was like, word, like what's, what was that about? He was like, because I didn't know who you were. Wow. He was like, you did a different voice. Mm-hmm. He said, you didn't look like you. And when I went back and, and watched them, I didn't recognize me. So now I, I'm so, I'm, so now I'm so curious. So what was the, what, what physically did it look like? How, how were you different? So, <laughs> He said that my voice was a cross between like Valley Girl, corporate voice. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, that voice that we do. Oh, yeah. right? uh-huh. And it was the voice that I, that I had learned to do when I was in corporate yeah. to be more palatable, mm-hmm. to be more acceptable yeah. because when I was in corporate, I was often the only yep. walking into a room. Mm-hmm. I was in leadership. And so often I would go into a room and I would be the highest ranking person from our team. Mm-hmm. However, comma, when these uh, men who did not look like me were sitting on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. they would ask a question and look at the men on my team for the answer. Yeah, And then those men would look at me like, what are we <laughs> supposed to say? And then that's when the light bulbs would go off mm-hmm. and then like, oh, she's the one we need to be talking. Mm-hmm. So I had developed this voice and this persona that I felt like I needed to do in order to be accepted, in order to be liked, in order to be seen as the authority over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to shed that shifting from corporate into my business and entrepreneurial life. And so yeah, even the way that I appeared in my mm-hmm. lives, I was still wearing like the silk blouse and the mm-hmm. like all of the corporate looking things. Mm-hmm. I had even taken a course on how to go live and it was, they taught you how to build a background mm-hmm. and the background didn't even look like me. Wow. It was like whitewashed wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it was very like country. Like it, it was not me. It was not dope. It was not dope. <laughs> like I told you, I went to the Howard University. Like, right. was that like somebody went to Howard University? No, no, no. So you know, it was, it's so funny. Every time I hear the word dope, I immediately see pictures of salt and pepper and MC yes. White, you know, <laughs> because look I, at I, me right now. Does that look like I would have that kind of a, not at you all. You see my, you see these gold hoops. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, it was all of the things. And I, and I have, there are many sides to me. Like I, I listen to all types of music. I, you know, I'm, I'm all of the things. Right. I even like some country music. Mm-hmm. However, like that did not fit. Yeah. And so I felt like I needed to do all of those things in order for people to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I could definitely, you know, understand what that like, because we're trying to, a lot of us are trying to figure it out, you know, and uh, especially at that time, because if you've been in this industry for a while, you know, we've seen an evolution, right. Of how we get to show up. I look back at some of the things I did when I started, I was the career makeover coach. It was one of the businesses that I had. And um, I remember looking at my blog and none of the pictures that went with the images had black women. In it. And it wasn't intentional, but it was just that when I would go to look for images, that's all there was professional black women. And I said, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And I took a look at all of the marketing, but that's what looked good to me because yeah. I was used to seeing that. And I remember making a switch. And if you look at my marketing now, it's totally changed. And it doesn't mean that we don't work with different people, but my focus and my, I look for people that look like me, right? I look for people that look like me, people that look like me, look for me. And there's something that happens when we don't see ourselves. Right. And I say, see yourself, be yourself. If you can see other people doing it, it makes it easier for you to do it. And I think that's where for me, it, it kind of rolls into this whole thing about our daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They don't see it. How are they supposed to know how to, that they can be it? Right? Yeah. When you were talking, it even made me remember like back then mm-hmm. I used to make everybody in the house be super quiet when I would go live. Don't talk. <laughs> go, on the, go on the other side of the house. Like I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm doing a video. And now my daughter's in half of my videos. Mm-hmm. Like people look for her. I'm like, like you might see a little hand just start to come in just because she wants you to know she's there. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm just like, y'all, here she goes. Here she comes. Right. And like people, like people on in my community, they are, they're like, oh, there's the munchkin, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part like that's part of being, uh, you know, unapologetically dope. Like I'm st- I can still be in my power and I'm a mom and my daughter is part of it, you know, and I need her to know that it's OK to to be all of the things. Yeah, I, I think there's a shift to happening. You know, we've seen this with more women being in leadership roles, more women being tapped in high level roles, period. But there's a shift in terms of what's okay and what's not okay, yeah. right? It never used to be okay, but your children are here. You get them off camera. They can't be in the same room with you, right. you know? And and now it's, no, this is this is our norm. We work from home. We, we create the rules. We are creating the world of work. We're creating the environment that we want to thrive in. And that environment for a lot of us includes our family. And, and that's it. And there's no, there's, there's no apology about that, right? It's just how it is. And so I, I see that changing. And I think as more women own their brilliant or um, step into being unapologetically dope, I think we're going to see even more shifts, right? You know, in, in the world of work and in the world of business. So I'm curious, as more women step into themselves and own who they are, what kind of shifts do you think we'll start to see in the world? I think we will see a more empathetic world. I think women are just better at that. I think we will also see more creativity to problems. I think that's something that women are just the feminine energy that is part of just the female experience. That is, that's part of it. And not to knock men because men have their strengths too, but that's just something that was part of how God made us. So I think that that's something that's exciting and it's something that's been missing. So, so yeah, I, I am 
I'm seeing more of a shift for this energy of collaboration that has been happening with women. There's there's still some competition, you know, this there's still this comparison thing that happens and you know in some spaces, but I am seeing more women that are open to collaborating and realizing that it can that you can and and it doesn't diminish you when you do right. that. So I'm hopeful that as we lean more into that and as we rise into more leadership, that that we can, you know, uh, a rising to it lifts all ships that that we'll be able to to utilize that to so that we all can succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see more of, you know, collaborative spirit, you know, just permeating through a lot of different things. And the empathy is a really, really strong piece. And I think just a sense of compassion is is, you know, what we've been missing. I know in a lot of corporate workplaces, we've been missing that. You know, it's, you know, you either fit this mold or you're out. You fit this mm-hmm. mold or you know, you don't get the promotion, you fit this mode, or you don't belong here, you don't fit. And I'm seeing and sensing a shift in when we have more women in leadership, there's compassion into how we bring people into our space. There's compassion and empathy and a lot more intuitiveness right around how we build our teams. You know, one of the things that's made me really curious about is, you know, I stepped away from corporate because I didn't like the environment. You know, I wanted to create my own culture and which is why a lot of us tend to build our own businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, it's made me really curious about how can we start to shape our business, right? What kind of environment are we creating for our business that makes it not only a place where people want to be, but also that gives us an advantage as we build our business and grow. Right? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I do branding and I think that culture is a big piece of your brand because it can be the difference between why someone would choose to not only work for you, but work with you. Mm-hmm. It could be the differentiator even for why somebody would choose to buy from you or not. Mm-hmm. So that's something like, even when you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, some of the ones that we decide to buy products from, we look at things like that. We look at like, you know, is this an inclusive company? Is this one who treats treats their employees well? Is this one who treats their families well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And, you know, it's interesting too, that this, this next generation, I know your daughter is a, a little bit younger. I think that my, my daughter is 20. It's really been interesting to watch her because there's a certain chicken place that I used to frequent a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's closed on Sundays. Yes. Um, <laughs> has a few other things. And my daughter will not, she will not eat there. Mm. You know, and so we were looking around a different place. I was like, oh, well, there's that place. Nope, won't go. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's not inclusive. And it was, it's amazing. It's fascinating. And it's amazing to see younger women be able to have that. Nope, I'm not doing it. It's not for me. Yeah. And own that about who they are. And I'm like, man, you know, 20 years ago, we, we weren't even thinking that way. Even know? at 11. My 11-year-old, it's crazy when she was, I believe, like kindergarten, she was, you know, she watches TV. So she paid attention to political ads and it made an impression on her. And so she is very aware of what's going on in, in the world. And so ever since then, she pays attention to those things and it informs her decisions about a lot of things now. So, yeah, I think, you know, I love that we're in a world now where our daughters have access to information and we grew up in a time and a culture that so many of us are open to allowing them to the space to be able to form their own opinions and feel free to express them so that they can grow up to be the type of women that, you know, are going to be world changers like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm 
excited to see just how they're, what type of leaders they're going to be as a result of it. Yeah. I'm excited to see that too. I'm excited to see it for, you know, not just for what it's going to contribute to the world, but I just think in terms of our own personal development, you know, a lot of us, our personal development was whatever we got at corporate. Yes, (laughs) And that's if they gave us training at all. And when most times that training is all about what we can do for that company, it's not necessarily to develop us as people. Um, but I see more workspaces are tuning into that. Like it's not just about developing a skill set, but it's about how do we develop really good people and invest in people. So I'm excited to see how this this aware generation, this generation that is really able to express themselves when they come into the workplace, it's going to be dynamic to see how they start to shape things and the mm-hmm. kind of that we begin to see being built out here. So yeah. I don't know if you can see, I did dress up for today. I know. I saw. My shirt, I got this from I one of my saw. clients. Shout out to Tanya Marie Bennett. It says black women are dope. I okay. Lo- okay. I have to get that. Where? Did- yes. I will send you her information, but Please she's send that to me. That's her, awesome. Her um, that, yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to be talking about being unapologetically dope. I got to come prepared. Um, yes. Oh, I should have worn one of my t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this only, I have a shirt and it says black women are dope. If you're watching a video, you're you're going to gonna see that. And you're also going to see the lighting in here is crazy. I'm actually in Columbia this week. And um, I was sharing before about how, um, you know, I'm very grateful to be in the United States. Sometimes when I'm taking these trips, I'm realizing, wow, there's a lot of things that we take for granted. One of the things that I'm really interested in though, as we're talking about this whole thing about black women or just women being dope, period. Globally, right? There's a shift happening too. And I don't think we always talk about that. Like we talk about what's happening in the United States, but globally, women are not always treated well in other countries either, right? Mm-hmm. And especially women of color in other countries. I was in Panama last month, um, Colombia this month, and I'm very aware of how people treat women based on their complexion. Mm-hmm. Right. So lighter complexion, lighter hair versus la negra. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very, very different. And so, you know, um, I remember when my daughter was a little bit younger and I first started seeing women with natural hair on TV. And I would get so excited. She's like, mom, what's wrong with you? It's just hair. Do you realize that when I was coming up, if a, you if you wore braids or your natural hair on TV, you got fired. Like, you know, you could not be dope. <laughs> right? You could not show it. Um, and so I, I just, I, I think about that a lot when I'm looking around at what's happening, like not only in our country, but in other places as well and with women globally. And so I'm curious if you were going to give women a message, right? Across the board about the need to step into being unapologetically dope or the need to own their brilliance. What would that be? Like, why is that important? When you step into your own brilliance and your own dopeness, you're actually giving another woman permission to do it too. Because kind of what you were saying earlier, when you were talking about like the images that you used to use on your website and things like that. And, you know, we, when we don't see it, we don't think that we can be it. Yeah. And so the more that you show the example of what's possible, then other people are like, oh, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. I mentioned earlier that the turning point for me was when I was forced to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) And shortly after that was when I realized what my purpose is. And my purpose, I know, is to show people what's possible. And I can do that through my business. I can do that through my marriage. I can do that as a mother. I can do that in you know, every part of my life, like I'm, I am fully conscious that in everything that I do, I'm being called to show others what's possible, not through me, but through him. 
And so part of that is knowing that if I don't fully show up every day, even on the days I don't always feel like it, I'm depriving somebody else of their opportunity to see what's possible. And that's not that's not saying that out of like, oh, I am the end all be all. Like if it, if I don't, you know, I'm the only way. No, but for somebody, you are their answered prayer because every single person has a specific gift and a specific, I call it your dope superpower. There is something that you have that you were put on this planet to deliver in only in a way that only you can deliver it that is going to resonate with specific people that they won't be able to get any other way than the way that you can give it. Yeah. That, that's one of the things I always say. There are people that can't step into their purpose until you step into yours. Yes. Right? So when you step into yours, you're opening a door, you're opening a window, you're opening a gateway for other people to do the same thing. So I'm totally, totally in line um, with that. I'm, I'm curious, what do you think keeps a lot of women from owning their brilliance or for stepping into who they truly are? One, I think a a lot of women in particular have been conditioned to play small, whether it is, you know, us being told, you know, speak when spoken to, you know, sometimes we've been told not to like, don't brag, Mm -hmm. don't, you know, diminish our accomplishment, you know, well, you don't want to make her feel bad, all of those things. So that, you know, when you are being brilliant, just being who you are, you don't step fully into that out of fear of making somebody else feel small or making somebody else feel bad just because you're being you. Yeah. And it's not about them. Well, it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. Exactly. And we grew up, I think a lot of us grew up and, you know, we're, we're in that same age group, you know, possibly where, you know, we grew up believing that our actions are res- like we're responsible for other people's reactions. And feelings right. and feelings, you know, um, it, it reminds me of when I, my daughter, when I was, my daughter was little and she was coming up and I had some, a relative in the family, you know, who, you know, at one time they had some like candy or money or something. And they were like, give me some sugar first. I said, oh no, 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 we don't do that here. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. We don't trade affection for anything. No. And people, no, we, we don't do that. But but that was something that I was brought up with, right? Yes. No, we don't do that, right? But again, if because if you say no, then that person's feelings are going to be hurt, and you're right. We were that's how we a lot of us were were brought up. So I think you're you're right. Um, the other phrase that was ringing in my ears all the time was I would see people look at someone who was doing well, and they would be like, "Who does she think she is?" Exactly. Yep. And I don't want anybody to talk about me like that, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we we got a lot of that um, ingrained in us. And I was preparing for this conversation. I was doing some reflection and thinking. And um, I realized that one of the reasons I played small was because I didn't think it was possible to have what I really wanted, (laughs) right? So I'm only going to break that down. Oh, that's too funny. I literally wrote that down. Too funny. I'm only going to ask for what I think I can get. I'm not going to ask for what I really want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I believe that there's divine presence. I believe that there's divine spirit and guidance for us all. And one of the questions that I wrote down was, what if we lived and made our decision from a place that we were 100% fully supported every day? Like, can you imagine what that world would look like? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I hear that so often. So many of us don't feel like we're worth it. One of the first questions that I ask a lot of my clients is what is it that you really want? And most of the time I will, <laughs> my, my, my head is going to like a spades game. They'll underbid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> they will underbid knowing 
that they have like a winning hand, they will underbid. And so, but they're afraid, they're afraid that they're going to get cut. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good analogy. That's such a, that's, that's perfectly aligned with the whole dopeness, right? That language of like, we get the space thing, we get the reference. Right. You know? And so they under earn Mm -hmm. for, for years. We do that in our careers. So we, you know, we don't ask for the salaries that we want. We don't negotiate for the packages that we want. When we get into our businesses, we don't charge what we should be charging. We don't set the boundaries that we should be setting. One of the things that when I do finally get, because I I ask, or when I do ask, like, what do you want? A lot of times I'll get responses that are Mm non-monetary because we don't like to talk about money either. (laughs) So I'll get things like, oh, I want to be able to spend time with my family. I want to... Or it'll be about other people. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to be able to take care of my mom. I want. You know what I mean. It'll be things like that. Mm-hmm. I, want, I just want to be comfortable. I want to mm-hmm. be able to take care of my bills. Girl, that's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to buy all the nice clothes. You mm-hmm. want to be able to live in the house that you want. You want to be able to get that car. You want to be able to travel all over the world. Like, like, let's like be real. What do you really want? And put a dollar figure on it because yeah. I know you got one in your head. Like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us don't know. Like, it takes some time to do that work. And interestingly enough, I think one of the reasons we don't always know is because the people that we're around don't know either. Yes. You know, if you're, you're, you know, I think about it with like the salary and those kind of things. Like as a career coach, that would just drive me crazy when I would say, okay, what jobs are we looking for and what kind of salary? And I would have people that would literally list all their bills. And I say, okay, well, I want $500 extra. So here's how much I want in the salary. I'm like, that's not how you do that, (laughs) right? (laughs) But really, if we're honest with each other, if we're honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. most people have a number in their head. Mm -hmm. That's true. They're just afraid to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Because when I, when I, when I really like get people to get quiet with themselves and really just like, no, just say the, say that, say it, Yeah. just say it. And they'll say the number and then, and then they're like, oh, I've never Mm -hmm. said that out loud. Oh, did I just say that? Well, how about this? Let's lead by example. So let me let let me ask you, like, so what's your target number, like, that you want to hit in your business for like the next year? What's your what's your number for the next year? Yeah, five hundred thousand. That's the that's the number that I want to hit for myself this year. Me too. Um, Now, (laughs) now, if you ask me, like, the number that I have in as like my big goal for my company, forty four million. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And so I don't know for ours, I just kept saying seven figures. You know, Mm -hmm. I want, I want a seven figure business. I want a seven figure business. So I I write down seven figure CEO, seven figure CEO, eight figure last year was eight figure CEO, seven figure business, eight figure CEO. Cause we got some other things outside of the business that we're doing to generate some income and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, you're right. We don't say that number and we don't say it with confidence. And um, I, I, I always share the story of how, how it shifted with me. I was on the phone with these guys who did not look like me um, and they were trying to get me into their coaching program. And he said, so how much do you want to make? And I said, well, I want to double what I did before, which was, you know, a hundred thousand. So I want to do 200,000. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, so you want to do 200,000 a month. You could do that. You know, like that's about my rim. Like you could, because I'm talking about for the year. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. Oh, so he, okay. So yeah. So it makes sense. You want to double, you want to do $200,000 a month, just like that. Mm-hmm. Because these guys were doing like five hundred thousand dollars a month in their business. Yeah, I hadn't heard that from anybody that looked like me. Proximity so makes a difference. 
Yes, right. I didn't, know that, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know that language existed. Mm-hmm. Right. So saying that those numbers out loud for everybody who's listening, this isn't about bragging. This isn't about being money hungry. It's about knowing what's possible. And if we know that it's possible, we have to be able to own that. We have to be able to claim that. And part of that is being able to say the numbers without flinching. Yes, to say the numbers without wincing back or like, oh, God. no, say it, own it. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then doing the things today that puts you in the space, in the headspace of already Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. So what can you do now that already makes you start to feel like you're the seven figure or the eight figure earner? And it doesn't have, they don't all have to be like the expensive things. Like what can you do right now that already makes you feel like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I wear, I wear my expensive perfume on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. like, or what's today, Wednesday, or I wear every day. Yeah. Like, you know how we, we buy that expensive stuff and we're like, oh, I'm only going to wear it for special occasions. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, wear, wear that stuff. You bought it. You like it. Wear yeah. it. Yeah. You know, or buying the good bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good bacon, the thick the cut, good. The, good, yeah. uh-huh. buying the good bacon, you yes. know, Yes. And for some of us is buying that good wig. That's just or the good wig, whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I absolutely. And it's it's one of the reasons why I'm here, you know, where I am now, you know, I decided I'm not going to wait to retire and then I'm going to take trips. You get a laptop and you could work from anywhere. Why not work from anywhere? And so I'm continuing to travel and just, you know, there's nothing like waking up to see mountains in the sunrise. Like I'm not even a camper, but oh my gosh, just love it. But we can have those things in our lives now. We, I'm a full believer that we get to create the life that we Yes. And and part of the reason I'm doing this, like you said, you know, you're here to show people what's possible. Um, I, I feel the same way in what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the little brown girl from Philadelphia, right? <laughs> um, you know, first generation college grad, right? Who's worked her way to the six figure job, to being a digital nomad, to building a multiple six figure business. It's it's possible, and we don't have to wait, and we don't have to ask for permission That's to right. live the life that we want to live. We could be unapologetically dope. We could be brilliant and bankable. And a big reason for that is, is because not just for us, there's other people watching us like your daughter, like my Absolutely. daughter. Yeah. Uh, so this has been so much fun, Nikki. I thank you for coming on and being willing to have this conversation. These liberated CEO conversations, they take have taken a really interesting turn. And I think it's 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 important to hear from CEOs, from people who are building businesses, to hear a little bit more about just the things that they do in their business. Right. We you're brilliant at branding. And for those of you who want to follow her um, and connect with her, you can go to getbrandedandbook.com. That link is going to be in our notes for the show. We'll have you know links to her social media, but definitely follow up with her to learn more about the branding work that she does. But one thing I know that you're going to walk away from this conversation knowing is that she is definitely unapologetically dope. She practices what she teaches, which is one of the core values that we have. So Nikki, I want to give you the last word. And I ask this question of everybody. When you hear the term liberated CEO, what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to you in how you do your business? When I hear that, it means being free to show up as fully you, um, being free to show up in your full power with the gifts that you've been given and not being worried about doing it the way that you see other people doing it. 
you know, we kind of talked about it here some today, but each person is is meant to do it the way that they were given to get to do it. And that's okay. It doesn't, the way that I do it doesn't have to look the way that you do it. The way that you do it doesn't have to look like the way somebody else does it. And if we each do it the way that we've been given, then you're going to be able to solve the exact problems for the people that you were put on this planet to serve. And they're going to, they're going to be able to live out their purpose the way that they were put on this planet to do it. That's what it's about. That's why we do this. We call that the ripple effect. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Oh my gosh. I have so much gratitude for you showing up and being you and for the impact that you have in the world. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for being unapologetically dope. You too. Thanks for hanging out with us for today's episode. Check the show notes at tygoodwin.com for links and resources. And be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you found value in this episode, please leave us a rating. Until next time, be brilliant, be bankable, and show up like a boss in your life and your business.